The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hi there, I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Happy Monday, everybody. First up, I have a very special guest, Anna Vaccino. If your name sounds familiar, she's a comedic actress and uh, voiceover talent. I actually saw her on Jimmy Kimmel. She was hysterical. She's done a whole bunch of really, really creative things. I'm going to let her share with you, and it's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Anna Vaccino. Hi, Anna. Hi. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks for having me. I saw you on Jimmy Kimmel. It was so cute. And then I come to find out you've been on, what, over 25 episodes? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very nice there. Once, once, they, uh, once they use you, they tend to use you again and again. That is great. I loved yeah. it. it was, um, I think I saw the one where you were uh, Surrey. Yeah, Siri is a waitress. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was actually quite nerve-wracking. I was quite relieved when it was over. Really? Why? (laughs) And then then it went off without a hitch. Well, because it was taped live, and um, I didn't rehearse with Jimmy at all. I rehearsed with the stage manager, and even though I I was off book, they said there'd be a monitor there, and there wasn't a monitor, (gasps) so thank goodness I was off book. (laughs) (laughs) I was just relieved when it was over. I was like, okay, it's done. Yes. (laughs) And it went off without a hitch. Oh, it was great. I loved it. And have you studied improv before? Because I know that really comes into play. Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought that's, so. That's my entire background. Oh, uh, <laughs> where, where did you study? Um, well, I got, to, I got to college at Emory, and during our orientation, the troupe at Emory is called Rathskeller. It's one of the oldest collegiate improv groups oh. in the country. They did a show. And it was so funny because I pointed at that. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Oh, I love it. That's so fun. <laughs> and which is like, like, what is, like, what's the least profitable thing you can think to do? Acting. Be an artist. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. So then what are you going to do? Be an actor. Yeah. Great. A horrible idea. I know. Then what is the least profitable sector of acting that you could possibly do? Be an improviser. <laughs> no. <laughs> so no kidding. I just, I went, I went full on. I oh went full gosh. on, deep into the balls, balls deep into the, um, what's it called, the improv world. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Well, so me... I did that for four years, okay. and then my junior year in college, we started an improv theater in Atlanta that's still there called Whole World Theater, uh-huh. and um, 20 years later, it's still there, and, uh, and I've been doing it out here with UCB for years as well. Oh, so. I love it. And are you part of one of the troops with UCB? Uh, I was. I'm not currently. I'll, I'll go back back and do shows a couple times a year like mm-hmm. my old troops will get back together and That's great. Uh, I, we did you know some long form we did some movie form um we basically we would just do an armando for those improv nerds out there <laughs> um we we would do whatever we wanted it's it, here's here's the here's what i like about improv yes. it's like a lazy man's way of being creative why is that on the outside but, well, that? okay so if you're doing stand-up you really got to hone your material yes right you really got to get out there. Now, with improv, if you blow it and your scene sucks, mm-hmm. then you're just kind of like, oh, well. Right, exactly. 
Now, if it repeatedly sucks, you're going to lose steam and you're going to be like, I never want to do that again, or I'm terrible, or my group is terrible, or all of the above. Yes, exactly. So eventually you have to get there, but yeah. I, I took some uh, classes at the Groundlings, and then I took at UCB, and it's interesting the difference, because UCB I found challenging. I got to level two, and they said, you know, we should have actually made this even longer because level two was very challenging. Yeah. And it's just a whole different mindset. It's one is character, it seems, and the other yep. is, you know, something else. And But the more yeah. you do it, the more you do it, and the more you watch improv, the better. I feel like the Groundlings has got a really well-oiled machine, as mm-hmm. well-oiled machine as far as their uh, class structure goes. Yes. And UCB, at least when I went through it in 2005, they were just kind of figuring out. They had levels, but they were just kind of figuring out how to structure it. So yes. I kind of think maybe I just got in there at the right time. That's good. Because I managed to get on stage. But, but you know, it, it is a two completely different styles. And I moved out here with one of my very best friends right around the same time, Sarah Baker, who mm-hmm. uh, went through Groundlings program and did Sunday Company and um, ultimately did not become a Groundling, but her career is incredibly successful. And, um, and then I went the UCB route, which is a totally different route and a totally different flavor, but it's funny because we got to compare notes the whole time. Yes. And be honest with each other because we're best friends. So yes. Like, oh, that's good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. I actually met somebody at UCB who told me about a theater uh, here in Orange County, Stages Theater, and I've been going and taking classes. And the one thing Great. that has really stuck with me is that don't go up there with any preconceived thing like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so just be present and, and respond to your scene partner. Just Absolutely. be present. Yeah. I love Let it. the suggestion inform it always. Like, you know, yes. you basically, if you hear that word, go A to B and think of something that that word makes you think of. Yes. And then also stay in the moment with your partner or partners and go from there. That's the best improv. And some of the best improvisers that you see, that's, that's what they do, and it's incredible. I once saw Paul Shear and Chad Carter and, um, oh, gosh, who was the third one? Now I'm spacing out. <laughs> was it Rob Hubel? I can't remember, but they're, they're a group called Bruckheimer, and they're a three-person group, and they basically do a, a one-hour-long mono scene based on a one-word suggestion, and it's the most brilliant. Like, they've oh, created an it. entire world. Like, you've just watched a whole movie that three people just performed. Oh, I love off it. Off of one word. I love it. It's amazing. I know you get out there and someone says, you know, uh, octopus. <laughs> the next thing yeah. you know, they're doing something that is hysterical. Yeah, it's awesome. So tell me about what you're doing now, because you're, you're doing all these great things. You've got a show, uh, Free Radio on Comedy Central. Yeah, that was actually a few years back, and um, that was a really fun show because that I shouldn't say improvisation is not profitable. It is profitable because it's a skill that you use. It's a skill that I use every day in my business and my creative endeavors yes. of voiceover and performing. Mm-hmm. So free radio was, I guess how you would call it, a semi-improvised show where we had a beat structure and outlines for each show. Mm-hmm. You know, that that all goes through, like, network approval to make sure the storylines and the character arcs and everything are unfolding. But the majority of the dialogue is improvised. I see. So, and and, and Free Radio was a type of show where um, it was kind of a mix between real life and basically the premise of the show was the celebrities would come on the radio show at playing themselves, but the whole radio show and the behind the scenes was all fictional. I see. But the celebrities were playing themselves. So... So it was a fun kind of blend of stuff. But we got to improvise a lot with a lot of really fun celebrities, and then we got to improvise 
you know, backstage with Brian Husky, who's one of the best improvisers I've ever seen, and uh, Jerry Bednob, who was insane and wonderful and um, really fun to work with and, and a wonderful guest cast. It's interesting. You know, I, I look at your career, and you, you've done voiceover. You've done the improv. It seems like it's all, you know, all these are very important pieces to the puzzle. Absolutely. And it's funny because uh, the the voiceover thing I, I knew I always wanted to do ever since I was young but I was always too scared to pursue it because mm-hmm. I never thought I had a particularly you know remarkable voice or anything okay. and I always thought that you had to have that like that Demi Moore kind right. of dented can voice which I can do <laughs> now yes. that I'm older yes I can do that voice but not then <laughs> then it was just like I just had a kind of a plain old mid-Atlantic naval boring lady voice and um, you did but not. I always loved no, you it. And I could always do characters and stuff. So That's I didn't. Really, I was too scared to get into it. But then I, I just started booking jobs in Atlanta, and I was like, oh, maybe I can do it. And then I came out to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I, uh, <laughs> I brought all my voiceover spots from Atlanta, and and um, and my, I brought it to my my demo coach, and she was like, yeah, these are all really corny. We're not going to use any of these. <laughs> He's not going to cut it out here. And I was like, oh. Aww. So, you know, it, it was basically kind of like starting over. Yes. There's, there's a lot of starting over in this business. There is. I mean, look how it's evolved. I remember when I first started taking classes in Boston, it was a different way they were voicing things. And now it's, you know, keep it real, very conversational. Very real. And, and pay attention. Very real. I, I listen to commercials, you know, online, on TV. You've just got to pay attention to what's selling. You've got to watch TV and you've got to watch the commercials if you want to do voiceover. Yes. Because commercials are the fastest way that you can go make money. Right, right. So listen to them so that you know. What drives me crazy is when people say they, they want to work in film and television, but they say, oh, I don't own a television. I hate watching television. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Why do you want to work in television? I know. <laughs> so I don't have to oh, see I don't, myself. Oh, I don't do that. <laughs> well, why? There's some really good TV on. And there's some really good bad TV on. And That's I say right. watch a lot of it. Yes. Because... TV is awesome. Yes, I agree. I mean, you really learn a lot, whether you're studying on camera or voiceover, just by watching and listening and paying attention. Absolutely. I think one of the best things that my coach did was uh, when, after I kind of got into it, it's, I think the best, most successful voiceover actors, I'm talking about voiceover actors, mm-hmm. not announcers, mm-hmm. are ones who have an acting background. It's really easy to teach an actor different mic techniques and different copy reading techniques for them to do voiceover. It is not very easy to teach a radio DJ acting techniques. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. And radio folks do really well at announcing. Mm-hmm. But um, an announcer can rarely act, whereas an actor could go announce. Yes, so I there's, see what you're there's, saying. there's more room there. But when, when, when I was kind of getting far into the process, when I started hearing other people's auditions, Mm-hmm. When you hear what booked the job, you, you start to go, oh, I don't know what it is. There's no, really, there's no real way to describe it other than if you're able to hear other auditions or watch other people's auditions. Yes. I love watching SNL auditions. Oh, I of the love people. those. I love it because <laughs> then you can see like, oh, that's what they did, and you could just see it. There was something about them. Right. It's so educating. I love it. And well, Edif- Edifying. Is that a word? Edifying? edifying? I think it is. I, think I don't it is. know. <laughs> Let's Google it. No, I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's so funny you say that because I watched Chopping Broccoli, Dana Carvey. Yeah. Th- oh, my gosh. He did a couple versions of it. And there's one I posted on my Facebook page that's hysterical. 
and you know he's imitating like singers from the eighties and right. And, and, it, and how serious they are on their pianos, exactly. the singer songwriter thing. Yes, it's so funny. And Owen, um, as a voiceover actress, you know sometimes a coach or somebody will say, "Well, how many different ways can you say? Can you enunciate? You know these five words in this sentence a different way? You know, right? So put emphasis on the word the or you know can yeah, different or, syllables. or whatever it is. And you just have to be so flexible and so creative. Yeah, yeah, you got to be able to think on your feet. And at the same time, know that if you're ad-libbing, that there is a point of stopping the ad-lib. Like, if you're going to mm-hmm. add Joe, I don't know. There's, it's just, it's a sensitivity thing. Yes, right. In an audition, it's like, I, I get called out a lot when I book a job. Oh, you booked it because you ad-libbed that little joke there. That's good. But, but, I've also, I, but I've also watched them get annoyed <laughs> in a session <laughs> with an actor who will just keep ad-libbing and keep ad-libbing. They're like, all right, dude, come on. Let's just right. uh, stick, to the, stick well, to the copy, buddy. It gets a little over the top. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm preparing to do something. It's an on-camera thing, and I have to play a little old lady. And, and I, That's I, awesome. I thought of uh, a little button at the end of the scene, and I thought, oh, that's that's perfect. That works. That ties into something she said earlier, and it's funny and and it's simple. It's one simple, you know, five words or something. And and the other thing that's helpful uh, for people that are in this industry is talking to your phone when you're driving. If you come up with funny voices, I don't know, you probably do this, and you come up with this voice, you're like, where'd that come from? That would be good in my reel, you know. Put it. The voice notes in the phone is one of the best resources out there mm-hmm. if ever you think of an idea because a lot of times especially for uh character reels or animation reels you are writing you're, you're writing original content for that I, in fact i suggest it yes. um and if you don't know how to write comedic characters get with somebody who does mm-hmm. or have the best animated demo producer you possibly can yes. because that is not something to mess around with. No. And, you, and, and I'm telling you, the number of terrible animation demos with, like, the stereotypical witch, mm-hmm. a stereotypical nerd, a stere- you know what I mean? you got to yes. do something that's original, that's you. Yes, I agree. You know? I agree. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I love the voice memo for writing as well, because I have a writing partner. and, and um, Plus, I've, I'm writing a cookbook right now, which is almost done. So, yeah, I, I use the voice notes thing. A lot. I want to talk about the cookbook because uh, yes! you know, the whole theme of the show is get the funk out. And I know you've been through some situations with your health. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I, whenever you're wanting to go into a creative profession, I think you need to be really strong. But I found, at least for me, I'm not super strong. Mm-hmm. I'm not super confident all the time. That's something that I've, that's developed over the years that I've had to get in touch with over the years. And nobody told me that. I just thought everybody hit the ground running, like, confident and able. Oh, no. And, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> no, oh, no, everybody no. hits the ground fully formed. No. And they start with, and I didn't. And I was so unfully formed and, it, and was still loved doing it. You know, definitely put in my 10,000 hours and doing a bajillion improv shows and rehearsals and plays and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, there have been several moments of, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Voiceover seemed to, I didn't have a lot of resistance with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of that has to do with I get to sit in the back cave behind the microphone like a veal in the cage and nobody gets to look at me and judge me. I can just do it all myself. Yes. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Sure. And which is sometimes difficult because you don't have anybody. You have to be your own director, your own engineer, and your own actor all rolled into one person because you're auditioning from home for most stuff. That's very hard. It's very hard. And um, so you got to kind of get a flair for it. That's why I say, too. Oh, there was a point, too. Talk about a funk. I, I was I was in a funk and didn't even know I was in a funk. In about, I think it was 2007, mm-hmm. um, one of my agents called me up and said I was in a funk. Your, your auditions have gotten boring, she really? said. And I was like, oh, how dare you? And then I got over myself. And um, she said, I, I'm, I'm going to send you a bunch of auditions that come through, okay. and I want you to listen to them. Okay. And 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 I it was so illuminating. We just forget because we're sitting in the bat cave with right. no no human being to interact. That's right. With. <laughs> and that that was a really really good moment. But no, uh, what happened was in 2002, I was diagnosed with celiac disease, which oh, is wow. basically an autoimmune disease, and uh, where if you eat gluten, the immune system attacks the villi in the small intestines and destroys them. So therefore, you don't absorb nutrients. Yes, and um. It's not like an anaphylactic allergy. It's just a, it's a cumulative effect, and it causes a lot of inflammation, and you get and get really sick from it. Okay. But I was young, and I didn't really know that there was any problems until I stopped eating gluten and things started clearing up. There you go. Well, but what I started to do, I decided, well, I'm going to start a blog because I'm half Italian and I'm half Southern, so that means that all the food I like to eat is Comfort food. Pasta. And by the way, I was like a size zero because I hadn't digested a nutrient in oh my entire my life. Oh, God. Wow. So, you know, um, and everybody would always say, you can eat whatever you want. And I'd be like, I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> no. No, it's not no. when you're like Don't feel sick. well. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I just thought it was normal to have gastrointestinal distress, to have horrible allergies, asthma, skin stuff. I just thought that was going to be normal. And I was in my 20s. You know, oh, that's too young. Gosh. Too young yes, yes. to be experiencing all that crap. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so the, a lot of that stuff cleared up, which is good. But what wound up happening was that me making gluten-free lasagna, donuts, mm-hmm. sweet potato pie, lime tart, all my figuring out both of my grandmother's recipes, but everything gluten-free, yes. I was gaining weight. Sure. That's And that yeah. sucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like and I just kept packing it on, not realizing. And then my friend Vinny Tortorich said to me, I'm gonna start a podcast and you're gonna do it with me this is three years ago and I was like, mm, no. I don't feel like doing that. It's too much work. And he said, I wrote a book called Fitness Confidential and you and we're gonna launch this podcast and you're gonna read this book. And I read the book, and it was so good. It's great. I highly recommend it to everybody. It's, it's basically his memoirs of 30 years in the fitness industry out here in Los Angeles, mixed with what he finds to be the best advice for people, which is very simple. His message is very, very simple. Give up sugars, give yes. up grains, yes, and then go from there if you have to do more. Like, I personally now have been on kind of a journey, and I've figured out I have to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked. Surprise, surprise. So I, I kind of had to, like, change everything. Right changed the way I was thinking about everything. The grains and the sugars were not doing me any favors. The weight gain is a vanity thing. Of course, I know. It was yeah. still affecting my hormones. It was, a, it was affecting a lot of stuff. So giving that stuff up felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. And it also helped my career, and not for the reason you would think. I, since I am a co- comedian and a character actor, the mm-hmm. weight thing has never factored in. Okay. Um, what it's factored into was my mindset. How was that? Just felt better? It, more positive? Just and, felt better, yeah. more positive, yeah. be able to feel better. And I don't care what anybody says, the actors who feel good about their craft yes. 
and feel good about what they're doing in the room are the ones booking the jobs. Oh, I can agree. I can agree. Let me just share something with you. My daughter, I, yeah. took, I took her off gluten uh, years ago. She has a little bit of gluten here and there, but she completely changed. She had leaky gut and uh, too many antibiotics well, I have as that a kid. too. Yes. So in solidarity, I said, well, I'm not going to eat gluten either. So you don't feel like you're in the only one club. So I don't eat gluten anymore. And I was thinking, wow, I don't have stomach aches. I don't have low energy. And I feel so different. Very different. Amazing. Just just real food. Real, you know, unprocessed food. Real food. Real food. Well, that's basically what my my cookbook is called, Eat Happy. It's going to be out in a couple months. And and it is a grain-free, sugar-free cookbook. And it's got like 150, I can't count, I don't haven't done a final count. I think it's about 150 recipes. It's great. And they're all good, easy to make at home kind of stuff because mm-hmm. I'm not a professional chef. I want to make delicious stuff that my family is going to eat with me because I did try to go through the phase of making separate meals for everybody. Because <laughs> at the time I had a two-year-old. And so a two-year-old is going to eat differently than my husband who can eat gluten mm-hmm. than my son. You know what I mean? And I was, I now I'm like, forget it. You guys are going to eat what I eat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the worst, so, you know. It's no, it's great. That. Yes. It's really, really great. Mm-hmm. And, um, and doing things like, for instance, I love making tacos. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going to do a simple taco with either ground turkey or ground beef, I don't want to buy that taco seasoning that has all the chemicals in it. No. So I made, you know, I figured out an awesome recipe (laughs) that tastes exactly like it, but doesn't have any of the chemicals in it. That's perfect. Because all those chemicals cause problems. And then you're like, why do I have a headache? Why do I feel like this? You know, I know it Mm -hmm. does, doesn't it? Yes. And you don't notice it till you cut it out and then you kind of introduce it back in. So another thing has been, I still was feeling a little bit of the leaky gut and the inflammation. And I did a bunch of blood tests. And it turns out that my, my body was treating also, it was also treating dairy, eggs, and sesame mm-hmm. as if it was gluten and still attacking the body. So that. that has been an addition. But now, Eat Happy will have dairy, eggs, and sesame okay. <laughs> in the recipes. But now, currently, I'm, I'm doing an even more restricted diet to kind of clean that stuff up. Yes. Got to do what you got to do. You do. And, and if you just start eliminating things, you become a detective and go, oh, that's it. Yes. You know? And it helped with everything. And the reason why I call the book Eat Happy is because I felt like for the first time in my life, there was a level of happiness that I could sustain for longer than a few days at a time. Yes. No, and no, I no, felt no. like the food I was eating was affecting that. Well, it affects everything. If you don't feel good, it shows. Yeah. And other people Absolutely. can tell, yeah, you become a cranky monster. <laughs> At least I, I know, right? <laughs> and then nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. <laughs> and then you have no friends. <laughs> and then you go back into your little voiceover closet. <laughs> I know. And then you go back into the bat cave. I know. And then you wonder why you don't have anybody to hang out with. <laughs> I know. Mm. So when does the book come out? In a few months. I don't have an exact date. That's okay. No yeah. Pr- no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I'll get it done. I promise. Well, you're busy. You're really busy. I mean, I'm looking at uh, your bio. I put it up my blog, by the way, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. So you've also done stuff. You've been on uh, Celebrity Deathmatch, The Young mm-hmm. Young and the Restless, and like I said, Jimmy oh yeah, Live. that's great. Young and the Restless was probably the funniest job I've ever done. That I, I, they would call me in to do, you know, like the voice of the newscaster that you don't really see their face, or a voice of an Amber Alert, or a police dispatcher or 911, you know what I mean? Like those yes. kind of things. Yes. And then they called me to do this seven-episode arc Ooh. as the voice of a chipmunk. 
an angry, evil chipmunk who Kevin, mm-hmm. who's played by Greg Rickert, who he um, basically goes nuts. He, he had the storyline where he goes crazy and all Patty Hearst and starts <laughs> to see people turn into a chipmunk and they talk to him in the voice. So they needed me in the booth and I would watch on the monitor what was going on oh stage and then hear in my headphones what was going on stage and then what was going on in the director's booth and then have to like, it would, they would morph it into How funny. whoever he was talking to into the chipmunk voice. <laughs> so ridiculous. And then I ran into Greg Rickert mm-hmm. at, Thanksgiving a couple of years ago at a mutual friend, and I was like, wait a minute, you're on Young and the Restless. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yes. Yeah, how do you know? And I, he's like, and I was like, I was your chipmunk voice. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> that is so <laughs> and it, funny. And it was, ba- like, I, I can't even tell you, it was so funny, and I was so, I sounded like a broke down Bart Simpson, and then they would be like, yeah, yeah, you need to, like, be more evil. So then I just sounded like evil broke evil. down Bart Simpson. Yeah, evil <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, there's there's clips of it on the internet. It, it made the soup. It made the Daily Show. Like everyone was making fun of it. It was hilarious. I love it. Well, tell me the where can people find it? Oh Your gosh, website? I don't know what it's under. It's under. It would be like YouTube, okay. Young and the Restless, Kevin Chipmunk, like something like that. <laughs> Lunatic so, Chipmunk. I, one of my lines was like, "Get off my log! You're ruining my feng shui." <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. That is so funny. I love it. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> Tell me your website if people want to find out more about you and your cookbook. Um, the recipe website is glutenfreeanna.com. And uh, you can sign up for a mailing list, and I promise you I might not ever email you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. They told, me to have, they told me to have a sign up for the mailing list, but then I never email anybody. But I will. I will. Yeah, I'm going to sure. get it together and, and be a good little internet marketer one day. Good. One day, when you have time. One day. Sure. <laughs> one day I'll get it together. Oh, this is a funny story. Talking about being an actor. Yes. My husband and I, um, uh, right now, he, he, he wrote a uh, pilot presentation that we shot, and uh, I'm in it. I'm one of the leads with Andrea Anders, and we were go- about to go into a pitch meeting a couple weeks ago, and we were at one of those places in Hollywood. It's like a coffee shop, a sandwich shop, and they all have one word like found or plate mm-hmm. or taste or toast, you know, all the, you know, one of those places. Yes. And, and an actor or a writer will sit there with their laptop and work or write in the journal or meet a friend for coffee. And um, it's just basically a whole bunch of unemployed actors and writers who I go in I think I know that places. place. I think I went and, to a place like that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We're all, we're all we all very familiar there. with these places. Yeah. We've all spent a lot of time at them. Anyway, so this, this younger... She wasn't a girl, but she was a young woman, maybe in her like mid to late 20s and very young and, and beautiful and she was sitting there with her journal, and my husband went over to the thing to refill his water, you know, the, the little water, spa mm-hmm. water thing that they have at all these places now. Yes, yes. So he went over to refill her water, and he's like, come here. And I walked over, and in her journal, she mm-hmm. had written, in, in her journal, her calendar, 9 a.m., Runyon Canyon, and then like a downward arrow that covers two hours, and then, an, and then 11 a.m., laundry, and then 12 p.m., <laughs> she wrote in all caps, Get it together. <laughs> like at 12 p.m. today, I am getting it together. Right. A reminder. And I was like, I can't tell you the number of times I've written something like that in my journal. And it's so funny. Just come on, get it together already. I write it on my hand, in the back of my hand. Get it together. <laughs> get it together. <laughs> Anna, we have to wrap up, but uh, it was Absolutely. so great having you on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'll send you a link about an hour after we wrap. And uh, it'll be on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I hope to see you sometime. 
Absolutely. That'd be wonderful. All right. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. That was Anna Vaccino calling in. And uh, if you missed any part of our conversation, again, it'll be up on my blog within an hour after we wrap. And I'm going to take a quick break. And then we'll be back with Sasha and Guy Boudreau, who produced this great documentary called Addicted about music. Thank you. 